was last seen leaving the Lockwax Tavern. Any information would be greatly appreciated. <sighs> now, there's there's no pleasant way to seg to the next section after uh, saying that, so let's just cut straight to the phones. 818-806-8660. If you have anything you want to call and talk about uh, tonight, it's a calm and peaceful night out there tonight, and uh feels like there's something in the air, so uh, feel free to call in and we'll talk about whatever you want. Caller, you're on the air. Well, an inauspicious start to the uh, call-ins tonight. Uh, some technical glitches, no doubt. Please uh, call back if, if you can. Uh, hope everything's okay. Uh, anyway, uh, hello, uh, next caller. Uh, what have you got to say? Yes, uh, thank you, Hank. I would just like to remind all your listeners the annual hide-and-seek festival begins on Thursday. We're still looking for some of last year's competitors. It would be great fun for the whole family, so uh, registration is still open and entry is free. Can you tell your listeners that? He just did. Thank you for your call. Uh, Gene from Pine Lodge, are you there? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, hello, hello. I- I'm here. Well, what can we talk about tonight, Gene? Uh, y- yeah, so I- I- I'm alone out here up at the lodge, or at least I'm supposed to be, and to admit, I am kind of jealous, Gene. Some of that peace and quiet could really do you some good. Why are you, uh, why are you doing up there all alone tonight? Yeah, 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 but, but, but listen, uh, do, do you hear this? Well, I'd be lying if I said I could hear anything. What, why exactly am I listening for? Uh, I just, there's, there's something outside the lodge. I can, I think it's trying to get in. Kind of, kind of scared of luck, if I'm honest. Well, you know, it is probably just deer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, the thought did cross my mind, but uh, it was moving earlier, and I thought I heard singing. Deer don't sing. No, you're you're right there. I don't think I've ever heard a singing deer. No, no, you know, you know what? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm being. Being a big pansy. I'm just gonna go outside and take a look. Would you uh, stay on the line with me? <laughs> I feel like a little kid asking that. Uh, my, my daddy would turn in his grave. Yeah, we're here for you, Gene. Go, go, do what you need to do. call back I'm sure if uh, any of you listening right now are near Pine Lodge uh, maybe maybe it would be nice to go keep old Gene company for a couple of hours uh, just an idea huh. alright uh, Virgil uh, from Eli what's on your mind this quiet evening 
Um, well, death. Uh, okay, well, that's not quite what I meant by upbeat, but sure, what about death? It's just, uh, you know, how how do I know I'm not already dead, Hank? I think I'm dead. That's what I'm trying to say. I, I think I'm genuinely dead right now. And this whole place, this whole place we're in right now, here, is uh, purgatory. And that's why nothing works out, nothing ever changes, nothing ever goes right, because, uh, because I'm dead. I'm dead and just wasting away doing nothing while I wait for judgment. Okay, but, uh, Virgil, if, if you're dead, how are we having this conversation right now? Yeah, well, see, I've been thinking about that too, and, uh, there's a few things I'd say to that. First, uh, how do I even know I'm really talking to you? Like, are you really, can you prove you're a real person? Uh, I don't know. And and it, even assuming you are real, uh, how do we know you're not dead too? Maybe you just haven't realized it yet. Well, I, th I think I'd know if I was dead. Don't you, Virgil? <laughs> yeah, but, but would you? I mean, really? Would you think about it? Uh, doesn't every day just feel exactly the same as the last? Isn't isn't it almost like there's some like karmic roadblocks just getting in the way all the time? Like you make one move forwards and then you're back where you started every day. You know, uh, I mean, sure, sure. There's there's new stuff on the TV and in the movies and things, but. They're all old ideas, you know? They're ideas I've already had or have already been done. And, uh, I, I don't know, it just it feels like maybe I, I dreamt the whole thing up. Maybe this is all just my, uh, my death rattle, my, uh, my dying dream. I mean, I'm not even, like, shocked or surprised or hurt by anything anymore. It's just, it's just stuff that happens. Right, I mean, just everything, it plays out like it's supposed to, you know You know what I mean, Hank? I really can't say that I do at this point. Um, but, okay, so let's say you are dead. Is, is that really such a bad thing? Well, okay, sure. Uh, but if that's the case, it also means there's no way out. I have no idea how to uh, get out of this place. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, I, I didn't want to go all deep tonight or anything. I just, uh, it was something I needed to get off my chest, I guess. Uh, thanks for, thanks for listening to me. Uh, I guess I got some thinking to do. Well, thank you for calling, Virgil. And uh, if there's anyone else who wants to call in tonight, do you know the number? 818-806-8660. So, anyone else out there feel like they're dead? Anyone else hearing singing deers out in the uh, in the wilderness? Just uh, give us a call and let us know. We'll, we're happy to hear from our listeners. So we have bills to pay, and uh, it's that time of the night again where we have to go to commercials for all of 15 seconds. So just bear with us, and we'll be right back. Some jobs are only good until the next one comes along. 
But here at Goyadine, we want you for life. Our company is a paradigm-shifting consortium with offices all over the world. So why not apply today? You only have one life on Earth. So come on, spend it with Goyadine, your new family. It had been a while since the last time I, uh, you know, uh, was with someone. So I can't say I was being choosy when I got back into dating. You, you don't get to be choosy when you're like me. Or, I mean, you can be, but see where that gets you. Anyway, uh, I was a little preoccupied when I matched with her. Not really looking at her uh, bio or anything. You know, the interesting parts of uh, who she is didn't become apparent until after we talked for a few days and I was, I was trying to figure out a first date uh, by the time I could have spotted the red flags my uh, downstairs brain was the one doing the driving cute well for starters uh, I actually read her profile just just looking for ideas you know it was uh, the usual stuff but like more of it if you can imagine that you know you know how uh a lot of girls will reference the office or something. She did that a lot. Even made me wonder if her real name was Pam uh, by the end of it. But, I mean, uh, most of them do that sort of thing or something like it these days, so I, I, didn't, I, I didn't think about it too much. Pam, 23, secretary at a paper company, loves tacos, art, and hiking. You know, typical chick stuff. Who, you wouldn't have thought anything of it. Cute. No, I, I wouldn't say the photos were a huge giveaway because everyone has weird photos in their profiles these days, you know? Yeah, she did have that wide-eyed, desperate look on her face, and yes, her face was the exact same face in each and every one of her pictures, all with the same expression. But so what? Do you have any idea how many insecure mouth-tilt face close-ups I see a day? How many women with dog filters? I just thought she was... I thought she was bad at Photoshop. And besides all that, so what if there was something off? I'm still here, aren't I? Uh, she had a slamming body and a great personality and actually seemed to like me, and that's more than I can say for, oh, I, I don't know, about 10,000 other women who've skipped my profile. Plus, I mean, I was lonely, okay? It'd been almost a year since she who must not be named walked out. And there's only so much porn a guy can watch before he starts to recognize the set design and the background. So, I went for it. And you know what? I think you would have done the same thing. Not a single man out there wouldn't have done the exact same thing under the circumstances. So, I, I asked her out. Cute. Yeah, she, she wound up picking the place. Uh, picky, picky wicky or something out in uh, Woodlands. It was a bit of a hike, but it was doable, and again, to reiterate, I hadn't had sex in a year. Hell, I hadn't had a conversation with a woman in a year. And you know what? It was a nice bar. A quiet, no jukebox, bartender was nice enough, said some show had been filmed there. The typical LA stuff, I ignored it. Anyway, uh, Pam wasn't there. I waited 30 minutes and she didn't show up, no texts or anything. Uh, so. I asked the bartender if he knows Pam, uh, and he just gives me this look and walks off to talk to some of the regulars. And, uh, 
looks like he's about to come back and say something when I get a phone call, and it's from, it's from Pam, and she says, uh, she got there an hour earlier than planned and thought I'd stood her up, only to realize when she got home that she was the one that got the wrong, the wrong time. And then she says, uh, get this, uh, she says, isn't this just like when this happened in the office, Jim? Well, now, first off, my name wasn't Jim, uh, but I'd already had three beers and my libido was all a Twitter, so I didn't catch it. And, uh, by the way, uh, I rewatched the entire show after the, um, after the thing happened. And, uh, get this, that never happened in the show. Uh, believe me, I've watched that, watched so many episodes of The Office now, uh, uh I, I think I'd recognize the scene. So, uh... I'm a little embarrassed, she's a little embarrassed, uh, but then she says, Hey, you know what? Uh, the night's still early, I live around the corner, why don't you come over and we can... And then her words just sort of linger, like uh, she doesn't want to come on too strong, but also knows exactly what she's doing, you know? Uh, women are good at that. Um, so, I leave the bar and follow her directions, even with the bartender hollering after me, and she wasn't lying. She did live right down the street. Door was open. I get in the house and there's not much light there. She's upstairs apparently. Uh, shuts down. Take a seat. I'll be I'll be in there in a second. Uh, now her voice um, her voice was off. It was like she uh, you know those people who, who suddenly turn Irish like a week before St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, like that. Um, it was like she was putting on a shrill voice because like. Especially on the phone, her, her real accent slipped out every every few words. But again, man, I mean, it's L.A. Someone's, everyone's something they're not. Um, I mean, you think I can play guitar like I says I can on my resume? Of course not. Cute. So, uh, yeah, I, I walk I walk around downstairs while she's uh, doing whatever, uh, just looking for somewhere to sit. And I have to say... Uh, her place was sparse, like not decorated at all. Uh, it was as if she had no idea what to put in there, so instead she put nothing. But who am I to judge, you know? Uh, I'm not a feng shui expert, and I wasn't there for interior design tips, so not a big deal. Um, yeah, her, her living room had a nice couch and a big TV. Big blue light from the screen. It almost blinded me. It took me a second to see what she was watching. Uh, it was, uh, you guessed it. Cue. The Office, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, good job. Uh, so I turned that back on, press play, hoping it, it, that would score some points when she finally got downstairs. Not that I figured I needed any more points at that point. Uh, and then I noticed the walls. Cue. Yeah, she'd covered the walls with uh, photocopies and printed paper and old news articles, uh, a bunch of clips from the chick from the office, and all. And then it hit me. Cue. No, no, I realized how insecure this woman must have been, and I felt bad for her. She looked just like this chick from the television. Uh, uh, Pam. No, the other Pam. Yeah, Pam must have tried to look li less like Pam in her pictures, and that's why they were all off, is, is what I thought. And just as I was about to sit down and wait for her, I feel this prick inside of my neck, and everything goes dark. Cue. No, no, I, I, I don't remember too much after that. I, I came to a few times on the table. I'd been restrained. Uh, I couldn't move my arms or legs. 
I knew she'd used anesthetic, but I don't think she used enough because uh, I could feel the leather wrapped around my wrists, uh, the cold air and the sweat just kind of accumulating on my face. Uh, but I, I also, it didn't hurt. Uh, she was standing over me in a surgery garb uh, with that same face from all her photos. Pam, uh, her face just frozen in place with this concrete smile and sad, bright eyes. And I'd pass out and wake up, and each time her scrubs would have a little bit more blood on them. But what really bugged me, uh, and there wasn't much because I was out of it, uh, but what bugged me, uh, her face never never seemed to change every time I woke up. Came to find out she's had plenty of practice though, so I knew I was in good hands uh, in retrospect. Uh, she'd spent years trying to find the perfect Roy to break up with before she came looking for me. Q. Uh, no, no. At first I was I was more confused than angry, but she'd uh, kept me down there until I came to my senses, you know. It all started to make sense when she explained it, what she'd done, why, and for the longest time she wouldn't let me see what she'd done to my face, but that was for my own good. Uh, I could feel it though, and I can still feel it. You know, uh, scars that become so numb that you can feel them all the more for it. Yeah, uh, like that. Um, and of, of course, back then it was worse because it, I couldn't scratch the itches on my face without drawing blood. Man, did she not like that. But, yeah, in all honesty, and listen, I know, I know people are using the word Stockholm Syndrome a lot, but in all honesty, I was uh, never mad at her. Uh, truth be told, uh, I think I fell in love with her uh, pretty quickly after that. Q. Well, because she saw a gym inside me, you know? Who does that? Most people look at me and they just see another schlub, but Pam saw my potential, uh, and I love her for that in this day and age, especially where everyone else is just fake and they're using each other. She she alone put herself out there and allowed herself to be vulnerable. She took a chance. How can you not fall in love with that? Uh, and look, please don't tell her this, but I think she's even better than the Pam on the show. Um, but please, uh, keep that keep that in this room. Cute. No, 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 we haven't had sex yet. That's the, the fun part. Uh, but I've got my, if I've got my episodes right, I think I should be uh, about six months from now, maybe. Uh, so needless to say, I have, I have that to look forward to. Q. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I guess you could say I am very interested in this uh, sales position. What's to eat?
all family members were found face down in their beds. The suspect had slipped into the attic the night before and was able to move from one room to the next without waking the victims. Police are asking for help in this, the third attack this month, but remain skeptical. In happier news, old Miss Weatherbrook was reunited with her cat this morning as she went out of John, if any, if anyone listening can uh, has any information that could help the police, please don't hesitate to call with whatever information you have. I'm sure they'll appreciate anything in this uh, trying time uh, in in the community. Uh, thank you. Uh, now, looking outside, I can see it's still a very I don't want to say blustery, but um, it's kind of a nippy, nippy windy night out there, but beyond the rest of the trees is quite still. Uh, the sky is completely clear, and I imagine in the morning it will be very cold. So if you are still awake listening, uh, now would be a good chance to curl up with a loved one, uh, turn on the fire, or find somewhere else warm, because the cold will be coming in the morning. So... Why not enjoy the warmth while you can? Um, and then we have an email here uh, from from Daisy. Uh, she lives out in the valley. She says, uh, "Dear Captain Hank, love the show. Did you know that in dreams, all the faces you see are people you've seen in the real world that your subconscious has decided to remember?" Well, given some of the faces I see in my dreams, uh, not the best of things to read. But thank you, Daisy. Thank you very much for that little nugget of information. I'll be sure to use that in the bar when I'm trying to impress a stranger. Uh, if any of the rest of you have an email to send uh, to the station, feel free to do so. Captain Hank at eldritchlake.com for all your stories and uh interesting nuggets of information like uh, daisies there and uh, I'll try and get them read uh, as soon as possible now uh, last week I started something new at the end of the show uh, I recently discovered a, a set of journals in my uh, deceased parents uh, basement and uh, started to read them on the air and uh, the response was, was largely favorable, so I thought I would wrap the show up with a little bit more of that. Uh, just a couple of days' worth of entries, and we'll see how that goes. Uh, and without much further ado, here we go. August 3rd. There were only two of us on board by the time we reached the final station. Me and a young woman in a white dress. It seems strange seeing a woman in a dress, all things considered. There we were, arriving at a town on top of a mountain at the beginning of their cold season, and she seemed comfortable enough in the dress. I would have said something, but at the time it didn't seem to be a prudent idea. Besides which, it's not my place to question anyone. 
Some among us are more accustomed to the cold than others. Take most people from the north and watch in amazement as they walk through blizzards and shorts. It's just one of those things. But so I arrived in a town still preparing for its inbound tourists. The empty train chugged along back down the tracks, almost literally down, for the tracks were built upon a steep incline at the ground. In the twilight haze, I could see even greater peaks surrounding the town, the assortment of wooden buildings, something of a bold spot in the middle of a head of trees, the mountain range its crown. Even without the impending snow, it felt almost as if living inside a snow globe. The clouds were stirring, becoming dark, a promise of the night to come, but in that moment all I could do was breathe in the cold mountain air, my nostrils already becoming icy caverns, a piece of paradise, truly. No longer was I in the city, no more crowds, nor noise, nor the stench of modernity to contend with. I collected my luggage from the waiting porter and walked towards the town centre. The woman I'd ridden up the mountain with had already disappeared into one house or another, and so I wandered up the slope road towards my guesthouse with only the vague presence of the porter behind me. The stores, designed for trinket hoarders and tourists alike, were closed, but through the windows I could see the gaudy objects for sale. The hotels seemed empty, already dark beneath the clouds, with no sign of life inside. It was peaceful and still, but for a moment I wondered if I had somehow arrived to the wrong town. Where were the other visitors, the singing, the animals, all the things I had been promised? It was far too early for an entire town's residence to retire for the evening, and yet there I was, the whole place to myself for all I knew. I walked up for some time uphill to my legend, in which time it began to feel as if I had forgotten my words. I would let out small phrases from time to time simply to remind myself I had a voice. There is something liberating about being so alone. Gone is the fear of consequence. No matter how innocuous the act was, I could never bring myself to mumble out loud in the, in the city for fear of being mistaken for one of the many sick people who resided there. In the town, though, up on the hill, there was no such fear, no judgment, no restraints, no raised eyebrows of the landed gentry, nothing. And so I was talking to myself quite merrily by the time I reached the lodgings. There were a few things about the lodgings I did not like. The name, for instance, Keelit Lodge, sounded a little too close to Killit for my liking. Despite reassurances, I was mispronouncing the name. Additionally, I was perturbed by the stuffed animals found inside. As a hunter in my youth myself, I am not opposed to mounting uh, trophies, but I was startled to discover that many of the animals seemed like diseased and mangy corpses. I found myself looking at a hairless dog, its skin covered in sores and scars, when the owner of the lodge took me by surprise. Yes, like I said. I jumped, dropping my luggage to the floor as part of my body attempted to flee. It was only when I caught myself and remembered where I was that this impulse wavered. I am your new lodger, I told them. 
Ah, we, we didn't expect you until the morning. What with the storm and all. What storm? I don't imagine it will snow until much later in the night. It's snowing right now. I turned to look through the front door and saw indeed that it was snowing. Thick white flakes were falling from the graying sky, already consuming the ground beneath. It must have just started. I took the last train, I said. Train? They drifted off, vanishing into a back room for an instant. I turned my eyes once more to the stuffed dog. That jury, the owner said, returning with a set of keys. Are all your animals like this? Sick, I mean. Why stuff these sick animals? It keeps the sickness away from the living. This way, please. They led me up to the attic. I had the entire floor to myself. The decor was simplistic, but it was all I would need. I had only 49 days to submit my research to the board, and I intended to have as few distractions as possible. And for that reason, and that reason alone, I was more than happy to stay at the Keylet Lodge. There were to be no distractions there, I was sure. Only one other guest confirmed, I was told, and a full pantry, so I would only have to leave the confines of the building should the impulse take me, either to reward myself with a drink at one of the many taverns, or else to walk through the surrounding woods to clear my thoughts. I never got to hear the owner's name, but for the life of me, I couldn't bring myself to care. Tired and excited all at once, I spent the remainder of the evening looking out at the dark blizzard while contemplating my time in isolation. I would do great things, I said to myself, almost as a mantra, great things. Yes, I must end this entry now as the candle is all but gone and I have yet to select my clothes for the morning, but rest assured that my work will begin in earnest bright and early. Part of me secretly dreams of seeing this journal of my experiences in print one day, a celebration of the work I am about to complete, and with that, until tomorrow. August 4th. I woke to the most terrible racket outside. My watch said it was barely 7am and yet it sounded like a festival was underway, which, after looking through the window, was exactly the case. Five hundred revelers stood and jigged on the white road, the snow underfoot already stained brown by their dancing feet. The sound was unbearable. Not one but three different bands performed upbeat jazz. Even without the music, the insipid chuntering of the party-goers alone was enough to drive someone insane. And downstairs, I could hear new guests arrive asking loud, glib questions that did not seem to pertain to anything. The worst sort of travellers. Those who move around purely because no single place can put up with their blather for too long. Incensed, my carefully uh, imagined itinerary for the day already ruined, I marched down the stairs to the front desk. It was there that I saw the new guests were wounded servicemen, their uniforms neatly pressed, but their faces and limbs covered with fresh bandages. No doubt a group of people making their slow return to normalcy after being discharged from a military hospital. Pangs of guilt as I realized I was about to yell at these brave lads. The outside festival, perhaps a celebration of their safe return. My ire returned inward. Stupid. Stupid. 
egotistic brat that I was, but I had committed to my abrupt entry into the lobby and they had already noticed me. The owner looked at me warily, no doubt aware of my initial intentions. Oh, good morning. Hope we didn't wake you up, said one of the soldiers. Breakfast won't be ready for another 30 minutes. No, I said, I, I am. I had to think quick. I was wondering if there was a library in town for my research. I could give you a map. Perfect. I will get my things together and head out after breakfast. But there's nothing in town open today, the owner continued. It's our day of festivities. I nodded, trying to appear understanding, even while my delusions of work and research evaporated before my eyes. Is there... I asked. Is there perhaps a library open at the town at the bottom of the map? I could go there instead. Make a day of it. Well, yes, but... I did not hear the but at the time. Too busy was I returning to the attic to change into my outfit and to collect my papers. Were I to have heard it, I might have asked for more information. I did not, though, so I did not. After the warm and uninspired breakfast, grits and biscuits as grandma used to make, I made my way outside. The celebrations were unrelenting. What I considered a cacophony when I was woken up was nothing compared to the piercing din of walking through the crowd. Now thousands of people. I pushed through them, using my briefcase as a battering ram to gently nudge them to one side or the other as I pushed my way downhill through the swarm of strangers. There were no children, now that I think of it, given the size of the crowd and the fact that children are drawn to noise like a moth to the moon, I would have expected at least a few. Perhaps school was the one thing they didn't close for celebrations. What had been a fairly swift walk from the station to the lodge seemed to take forever in reverse. The people everywhere did not help. At times it seemed as if a fight might break out at any moment. Other times I felt as guilty as one might walking through an orgy. Some of the people in attendance were engaging in mating rituals and the like, which only pushed me to walk faster to the station. Except there wasn't a station when I arrived at the bottom of the road. No road or pathway either. I recognized the gift stores and the view of the mountains, so I knew I was in the right place. But the building where the station was supposed to be was gone, replaced instead by a jazz bar. A closed jazz bar. I worked further to where the tracks had been, thinking perhaps they had been hidden under the snow. Nothing. Not even snow. A wet, clumpy patch of turf with no signs of that ever having been a train there. I turned, convinced perhaps I'd walked down the wrong path, spinning to recreate the vivid memory of last evening. It seemed I was in the right place, and yet, clearly, I was not. I walked to the tavern. A woman stood out in front with a set of keys, no doubt preparing for the day of festivities. Excuse me, I said to her. This may seem like a silly question, but is there where the train... Uh, no, a lot of this rang is all... This is all just ink blots and garbage and drawings. Uh, nothing 
Uh, nothing pertinent. Um, and then it. Oh, here we go. One thing is for certain. I will try and leave again tomorrow. Huh. Well, that's uh, not how I expected that to end. Um, I'll, I'll try and fix those pages and maybe get some more information to you in the... Uh, well, tomorrow or the day after. But uh, that's it for tonight, I guess. Uh, so. Yes, um... If I can find any more of the journals, I, I will uh, try and read them again, if, if that's something you're interested in. Um, apologies for the uh, abrupt ending to that. Just as it was starting to get interesting as well. Huh. Okay. Well, that's it for me tonight. Um, thank you very much for your time. Um, have a safe night wherever you are and feel free to call 818-806-8660 if uh, you want to talk to me uh, um, or leave a, a message you can also email me at captainhank at eldritchlake.com uh, if you have anything you wish to share yes let me know what you're up to um, and we'll see what's happening until until next time, uh, stay safe and keep quiet. Captain Hank here signing out tonight. Uh, we're now joined by Tiffany with the early morning jazz.
Good morning, everyone. The first 